So I have to start by telling you all how excited I was to pick a scripture that matched up so well with the title and meaning of the song that I chose to kickstart this series, this new sermon series, Songs That Bring Us to Spiritual Places. The title of the song that is one of my favorites that I chose for this sermon is called Trigger Protection Mantra by Janae Aiko. As I was reading Genesis 32 and rereading and reading it again, I needed a trigger protection mantra to get me through the word and scripture for today. My excitement soon became a realization that I'm quite sure I have picked the most challenging text of the lectionary from the ones I had to choose from for this Sunday moment. So here we are, taking a deep dive into a difficult text where Jacob wrestles in the night. I'm going to warn you now that we're going to go deep really quickly, but there will be a release to come at the end, if y'all can't see from the bowls and the sound healing to come. So I don't know about you, but I've traditionally heard this story of Jacob wrestling with a person that is described as a man or an angel or a godlike figure in the night. Anyone else? Yes, head nods. All right. For the first time, the inclusive Bible, the egalitarian version of which I read from for today, the version of this scripture presents Jacob as wrestling with someone, meaning neither man or woman, but simply a person that starts up a fight with him. So that helps break down in one sense, a barrier of thinking of God as someone who is purely masculine or literally a man, but it still leaves this conflict that this godlike figure shows up purely to start a fight with Jacob in the middle of the night. And not only that, but dislocates his hip when he cannot overpower Jacob. When God, this God-like figure, cannot overpower Jacob. That alone shifts how we think of God, right? We like to think of God as having a peaceful presence, not a wrestling essence that we see in this part of Jacob's journey. But we've all been there in a way. We've all had these experiences in our lives where we want to, and quite honestly, deserve to question God sometimes, asking why we went through certain experiences that were not warranted or asked for, asking what, it, what does it look like for God to be present in both triumphs and in tribulations. So I know for a lot of us, at peace, 
We've come to this community through our own process of deconstructing and reimagining after having experienced some sort of religious or church trauma or desire simply to challenge Christian worldviews with like-minded and like-hearted people. Even for me, much of the trauma and triggers that I've experienced have come from faith-based contexts or church-affiliated people. But I also know that people who exist in non-faith-based spaces or are unchurched or not spiritual are not exempt from trauma. What I'm trying to say is we all experience suffering in one way or another, but it is a matter of how we respond to that grief or pain that matters. And it is up to us to find those places of health and engagement that instruct our, spirituali our spirituality in nourishing ways. So recently, I was talking to a friend about the ways we've felt inclined or called to go as a part of our spiritual journey. For me, seminary was one of those places where I journeyed, believing it to be a part of a way to better equip me in faith, and it did in many ways. But it also opened up other doors that allowed me to look at faith and people of faith in other ways as well. And we can hold space for multiple truths at once, right? We can have been hurt by the church or people in church, but still want to be a part of a wholesome church community or respect how that hurt can impact people and having adverse effects to how someone might choose to be disconnected from church. We can wrestle with God, but still not see ourselves apart from God's divine presence or want to journey with God any less, even if it looks different than what we knew before. So as I spoke to my friend about the ways we've journeyed spiritually and in this specific context um, in thinking about seminary, um, I want you to hear it and apply it to whatever circumstance um, it might pertain to you in your own journeying. So my friend said, I think all of us go to seminary, insert your own personal experience, I think all of us go to seminary hoping for a transformative experience and come out with deep wounds. We are transformed, but it apparently happens to us all as we heal, which is a mess. I'm not saying don't go to seminary. I'm just telling you a part of my truth on my journey. <laughs> There is an absolute messiness in our spiritual journeys that doesn't always look perfect and many times can shift how we see God at times too. So as we're looking at Jacob wrestling with someone who is a godlike figure, I honestly couldn't get over why this godlike figure chose to injure or cause physical harm to Jacob. 
I decided to read chapters ahead of the 32nd chapter in Genesis and even read what happens to follow this wrestling match to have a greater context of the scenario because I thought, surely I'm missing something about God from this story alone. And when that didn't completely help, I looked up different versions of the same scripture oscillating between the New Revised Standard Version and the Inclusive Bible to look at the distinction between each. And even went all the way back to the Hebrew just to see what it said to be as close to the English translation as possible. But all were nearly the same in reference to Jacob being struck in the hip by the person that, like, that was like God in human form. However, the inclusive Bible references Jacob's adversary in a way that revolutionizes the way we might grapple with whom Jacob wrestles. It references how in the Hebrew translation, the construction of who is speaking does not give clear distinction between Jacob or the other person, which leaves the impression that Jacob could also be wrestling with himself or a mirror image of oneself. When you think about it, Jacob is returning to a campsite by himself without his family or his possessions. Not only that, he is about to face his twin brother, if we know the story of Jacob, of which he has been estranged from after tricking their father to give him Esau's birthright. And now, after Jacob sends his family ahead with a huge gift to Esau, a whole herd of his possessions and livestock hoping he'd let go of the birthright he took from him. And now, after sending everything and everyone ahead of him, Jacob is alone to rest, wrestle with his trickster energy that has given him the name Hill Grabber. Not only in this instance with his brother, but over the course of his life in different circumstances. So when Jacob wrestles and asks to be blessed, he is given a new name of Israel or overcomer of gods. Then Jacob names the place where he, where he wrestles face of God because it's as if he's seeing himself or God within himself for the very first time. It is the perfect example of someone wrestling with their own personal image of God or Imago Dei. I think many of you all know that I am also an energy worker and Reiki practitioner, which means I work with energy or our energetic bodies to clear out any blocks or barriers that keep us from being in our divine flow. Oftentimes, the physical elements we have in our body is or can reflect something that needs to be cleared from our energetic bodies. So I have a book that lists different elements of the body along 
with a probable cause and a new thought pattern or affirmation to bring greater healing. It is called, You Can Heal Your Life. This is it. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And actually, Lyle and Fran's mother introduced me to this book years ago. And around the same time, a massage therapist and my chiropractor mentioned the, the book to me as well. So I got curious, wondering what the symbolism of the hip is that could provide imagery into Jacob's story. The hips are what carry the body forward in perfect balance. Hip issues indicate a probable fear of going forward in major decisions. Fear of going forward in major decisions. In addition to that, according to the inclusive Bible, when it says that Jacob's hip was dislocated, the writer is indicating that he was struck at the center of his being and that he was changed, losing his own power but gaining God's. I think sometimes we lose sight of the way our bodies are trying to communicate with us. It is my goal to be more in tune with myself and intention to bring people to be in more touch, in touch with their own energy and energetic body so we can all live more embodied, free-flowing lives. So, if you've managed to notice, there are three bowls, three sound bowls that I brought with me today and each of these bowls have their own specific connection to our energy centers. How many of you all know about sound healing or sound bowls? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm about to introduce y'all to some things. <laughs> all right. So this first bowl that we have in the center is a root chakra bowl it is a part of our first energy center which is our root the root is connected to giving an affirmation of i am secure i have provision i am deeply rooted the second bowl is a solar plexus bowl, which is a part of our third energy center, just above our gut, where we find our confidence, what it means to be empowered. And each of these bowls <coughs> are often associated with a color. So the root chakra is often identified with red, solar plexus with the yellow. And this third bowl today is the third eye bowl. So this is our sixth energy center. 
and it brings us greater intuition. It helps us to connect into our, <coughs> our inner knowing. So I brought these bowls with me because they are part of the song that I want to share with you all this morning. If you all have heard of the song Trigger Protection Mantra, I've actually sung it in a sermon before pre-COVID, so it was a while ago in a different location. Um, but this song means so much to me, and I think a lot of people who know me well know that of me. Even when I was ordained, Aurelia gifted me with a painting that had some of the same lyrics from this song in that picture. So, as we move into a guided meditation and a song that I want to share with you all, I just want to give you all a chance to tap into your own bodies, to listen into what might have come up for you as we took a deep dive into today's scripture and what it might have brought up for you. So this is going to be an invitation um, just to listen in to the song that I share, but also to close your eyes and get into a meditative space that feels comfortable for you. So feel free to do as you choose and what feels good.
you haven't already, begin to wiggle your fingers and toes. Come back to this present moment. And when you're ready, feel free to open your eyes.